0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I get the pleasure of introducing our pastor. Amen. Pastor Jack C. I know he's excited about bringing the word. If you knew how much prayer and time he put in to come in on a Sunday morning. So he's full, he's energized, and he's full of the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen. Amen. God bless. Hallelujah. What a great day. Amen. And if we just were to stop right now, I would say we've had an amazing, amazing morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Did so many good things today. Amen. Well, I want to take a few minutes. And first, I want to just kind of remind us, this is the first Sunday in 2020. I want to talk to you about a couple of different things. First, I just want to, um, you know, when I was talking about all the growth that's taking place in the church, I mean, it was all growth. Amen. Our our, um, next level, our next steps class, that's growth in the church. Uh, We're having babies that are being born. You know, that's growth in the church. But one of the times that you're the most vulnerable in your life is during a time of transition. Amen. And uh, predators know when babies are being born. Amen. And so there's a very, very dangerous time. Um, in the world when those types of things happen. And uh, uh, most of us saw the news last week with what happened at the church in Fort Worth uh, with the shooting that took place. And uh, we just say right here and now that will never happen at West Houston Christian Center in Jesus name, amen. So what I want us to, I wanna encourage all of us to do is that Psalm 91 needs to be, we need to be fluent. In Psalm 91. Amen? We need to be so fluent in Psalm 91 that we dream it. Amen? We need to be so immersed in the 91st Psalm that it just comes out of us even when we don't even know it. Amen? We are doing what we know to do in the spiritual realm to plead the blood over our facility to make sure that we're spiritually protected. Amen? Amen. But I also want you to know that there are some physical things in the room. You don't know where they are. You don't know who they are. But there are some physical things in the room that are also here for your protection. Amen. And if something were to ever happen, we have a system in place and it's just simply called Code Red. And if you ever see the name up there, Code Red, that just simply means you need to evacuate the building. And there are two exits, one to my right and one to my left. And they lead to a a, a grassy area. And there is a shopping center or a a building park that's right behind us. We would just encourage you to go there. And uh, if you have, would you say, Pastor, well, I have children back in the children's department. We believe that we have a plan in place to send people back there that know what they're doing. Amen. That are skilled and trained in what they've been called to do. There is law enforcement in the room also. And uh, and that we would be best. The teachers know what to do, how to evacuate the children and where our meeting places are and all those types of things. Amen. And so I just want you to know that there's a plan in place. Amen. Now, Mike Tyson is famously known for this saying, everybody has a plan till you get hit in the face. Amen. You can be ready to box anybody in the world and have a plan. But when you get hit in the face, it just goes all over you. Amen. So that being said, if something were to happen, just begin praying in tongues, speaking the name of Jesus and casting the devil out. Amen. And uh, God's going to help us and take care of us and all that. Amen. Amen. 2020, there were four things that I gave you last week. And I just want, I'm going to constantly be reminding us of what the 2020 points are. Our foundational scripture for 2020 is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, which is we are looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This year, 2020, we're going to focus on him. Amen. And we're going to do it in four different ways. The first thing is we're doing our chapter reading. Amen. How many of you read Matthew's chapter 1, 2, and 3 this week? And what are we going to read tomorrow? Chapter 4. Now, how many of you just had to have some Bible reading Saturday and Sunday so you went ahead? Good! That's wonderful. Guess what? The message that I'm going to speak out of this morning came out of Matthew chapter 3. And it has to do with Jesus getting what? Baptized, Amen. And we did baptisms this morning. So I'm going to speak a little bit from that. Number two, we're going to be doers of the word in 2020. And we're going to do it by doing the Great Commission. We're going to go ye into all the world and we're going to preach the gospel to every creature and he who believes is baptized. There's that word again, shall be saved. And so we're encouraging everyone at West Houston Christian Center to get involved in a minimum of one outreach this year with Brother Vincent and Miss Jessica. As we hit our area, the West Chaste area, and uh, we're going into the apartment complexes. Sometimes we're just going in and just taking water and ice cream and being a blessing. Other times we're doing outreaches. We're getting to know our community. Amen. We are introducing ourselves to the community with the love of God. Amen. Number three tithes and offerings amen we're going to purpose in our heart in 2020 to be a tither and a giver amen not just a giver amen can I just make a a brief statement about prosperity if that's okay we believe in biblical prosperity okay now let me tell you what that means and what that doesn't mean Do I believe that everybody's going to have a gold house and drive a Cadillac and have a Mercedes and four airplanes and, and whatever it is your flesh wants and desires? That is not biblical prosperity. Biblical prosperity is you not struggling paycheck to paycheck. Biblical prosperity is when your car breaks down, you got money to fix it. Biblical prosperity is that when we receive a special call or an offering for a missionary or someone, you got something to give. Amen. Amen. That's what biblical prosperity is. It is having adequate resources in every area of your life. That's what I'm believing for for you. Now, if God called you to have that gold house with the gold handles, with a gold plane, with a Mercedes Benz, more power to you. But you better know that it's him that called you to have it. And that it's not just our flesh wanting more. God would not give us something. God doesn't care about our flesh. He's not going to give me something that's going to be in direct conflict with him. Amen. So I'm blessed to be a blessing. Amen. So when I bring my gifts and my tithes I'm offering, that's what we're looking for is biblical prosperity. I'm a tither first, then I'm a giver. And finally, number four, I am looking for a team to serve on this year. There are many ways for you to get involved at West Houston Christian Center in our serving teams, our ushers teams, our greeters teams, child care. There's so many different places and ways for you to get involved. But guess what? It's up to you to approach us and find out, pastor, where do I fit? We love finding where saints fit. That is one of the pastoral calls on our life is to find where every saint fits. Every saint has a ministry at West Houston Christian Center. Amen. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about the New Orleans saints. I'm talking about the saints. Amen. You know what a saint is, right? A sanctified one. That's where that word comes from. How many of us have been sanctified? We've been set apart. Well, guess what? You're a saint. Amen. So there's always a place for you at West Houston Christian Center to get involved. Amen. So I'm going to be constantly talking about this through the year, reminding us, And uh, it's going to be an amazing year. 2020 is going to be an amazing year. And I'm excited that we're going to end the service today with communion. And I can't think of a better way just to consecrate and set everything uh, foundationally of what we want to do. I want to take a few minutes, though, this morning. And as I was reading in Matthew chapter 3, I thought it was so awesome that we came upon the baptism of Jesus. But I'm going to talk about the single most important part in any baptism this morning. And uh, I'm not 100% sure I heard this from the Lord. This might just be me. See, I have a lot of zeal in youth. I want to do everything right now. I want to have like 27 Sunday school classes, worship nights, you know. When you're new into the pastorate, you're like, man, I want to do all this stuff. You got to make sure it's God's stuff and not your stuff. Amen, or you just wear the people out. But um, I wanna, I'm going to say hopefully that I believe that this was the Lord. But um, after I speak this morning... Uh, How many of you, when you saw everyone get baptized, was there anybody in the room that said, man, I wish that was me this morning? Anybody? 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 There's some hands. I see some hands. I see some hands. Well, I'm going to preach this, and hopefully at the end of it, I think there's going to be a few more. We're going to do baptisms again next Sunday. Amen? Amen. We're going to do it again. Now, Mike's face just went pale white when I said that. No, he didn't. It's a lot of work to do a baptismal here. I got to show you what it takes to do a baptismal here. We're going to work on having some light so that you can see back there too. And we're going to look at maybe having it up on the screen too, where everybody can see it. Amen. Um, But if you feel like, man, I wish that was, that should have been me this morning. Then we're going to give you that opportunity again next Sunday. We're going to change the water for you so you won't have a week old. We don't know what went in, but uh We'll make sure that that goes out. and We'll give you a fresh, fresh set of water. Matthew chapter three, Matthew chapter three, verses one and two says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What I want to talk about this morning is true biblical repentance. One of the biggest misconceptions in the church today is that Jesus came preaching love and acceptance. It sounds so good, doesn't it? Jesus came to teach us how to love everyone and to accept everyone just the way that they are, because that's what love does. Love just loves everybody, irregardless of who, what, what shape, size. And there is a truth in that saying, amen? But Jesus never came and said, I love you and stay the way that you are. He gave us as a believer one of the single most powerful things this world has ever seen. A power so great, a word so big, it can change your very being. And that word is repentance. And I'm going to talk a little bit this morning about what repentance is and what it isn't. Amen? Repentance is not saying I'm sorry. When I say I'm sorry, I'm just setting you up to do again whatever I just did. Because if I say sorry and you say I forgive you, then I'm like, no change. I'm just going to do it again. Repentance is a process that we all go through as a believer. This is going to be a little wordy, this first part, because I took it almost verbatim uh, from a paragraph that I was reading. But it was so good. First, let me give you a biblical. Say biblical. A definition of the word repent repent is a decision say decision Decision. that results in a change of mind which in turn leads to a change of purpose and action i'll read that again repent is a decision say a decision That results in a change of mind, which in turn leads to a change of purpose and action. The first call of the kingdom is repentance. The first call, the first call to the kingdom is repentance. If all seven of those people that just got baptized, if there was never a salvation that involved a repentance, they took a quick swim and a warm bath it's just warm water. There's no change that's going to take place. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. Amen. It's a public declaration of, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I have repented of my sins. Amen. And we don't like to talk about that a whole lot. I like to talk about grace. I like to talk about prosperity. I like, to, I like to encourage you. But if I don't tell you about this thing called repentance, then it's all for nothing. To let us live a Christian life and just live it any way that we believe that we should live it without any consequence. I'm not leading you towards righteousness. I'm leading you away from it. Amen. There are consequences to our actions. Repentance, and I like this because if you 've been in my gym, I told you my gym was packed this week packed new year 's resolutioners' gym was packed, and there was so much sweat in that place, all the toxic stuff that were in people 's bodies coming out onto the floor. it was nasty. You could smell gravy and beer, and I mean it was nasty, enough ham to never mind there was there was there was sweat going on in the gym. Well, to a believer, repentance is spiritual sweat. It's how I get the toxins out of my spiritual body. When I repent of my sins, when I take responsibility for my actions, when I mess up and I say, Jesus, I need help in this area. I want to change in this area. Nothing's going to change unless you first take responsibility for it. See, let me hit you with the greatest truth that you're going to hit today. Are you ready? God nor the devil can make you do anything. If God himself appeared and walked in here, he cannot make you do anything. If Satan appeared to you, it's the exact same thing. He cannot make you do anything. God gave you and I this wonderful, painful, problematic at times, rebellious at times, will of my own. You choose. Each and every day, you choose. No one can make you do anything. That's tough. That's where repentance starts. I have the power to take personal responsibility for my actions. Amen? And when I repent, it draws all of that gook out of me so that I can be refreshed in the Lord. Amen? So... The first call of the kingdom is to repentance. The implication of biblical repentance is threefold. Basically, this is what repentance, biblical repentance looks like. Number one, it is the formal rejection of something. Typically a belief, a claim, or a course of action. It's a reversal. Number two, this is when I say that I repent, this is what I'm implying, that I am submitted And I am teachable. And number three, I am continually, I have continual shapeability. I am constantly able, I'm constant. We should always constantly be open to change in our lives. Amen. This Christian walk is a constant life of being. But if, if we're not pliable in the master's hands, we're not changeable. Amen? And that's a big, big part. If we don't repent, we don't change. And listen to me. when When we talk about repent, yes, I'm talking primarily about getting sin out of our life. But sometimes there are just old ways of thinking that aren't bad. But if they were put in you, they're not helping you. Amen? If you were told that you had to be poor and you had to be broke and that you had to be sick in order to give glory to God, repent. You need to repent. You need to change the way that you think about those thought processes because they do not line up with the word of God and those thoughts will not prosper you. Amen? So it's not necessarily just, oh, I did something wrong. I need to repent. It's, I need to change the way that I think. And, and, and Lord bless our parents and our grandparents and all. But you know what? They could have been some of the sweetest, kindest, nicest people in the world. But if they had wrong thinking and kept passing it down, we got to break it. We got to break it. Michelle and I came into the things of God. She was born out, born again at a very young age. I didn't get born again till 28 years ago. So I spent most of my life not saved and, and had to go through a lot of stuff. Well, we got married and we started producing offspring, two which are driving back to Tulsa as we speak. That's real parenting. And, but our kids have known nothing but the things of God. So there were so much of our old mindsets that we did not have to pass down to our children because we repented. If you repent it, you won't pass it down. Amen. And it is vital for us as a believer, it's vital, 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 vital for us as a believer to live a life of repentance. Amen. Not just to allow things into our lives to build up, to build up, to build up. Amen. But then a spiritual heart attack takes place. Why? Because my arteries, my spiritual arteries have gotten so tight and so filled with all this stuff, the blood can't flow anymore. And now there's a problem. So I want to constantly live a life of repentance. Amen. I want to constantly live my life. God, is this pleasing to you? Is this not pleasing to you? Is this, is this thought pattern, Lord? Is this from you or is this from me? Is this a good thing or is this a God thing? Amen. And I'll tell you, one of the, one of the biggest places that all of us need to work on, me included, is in judgment. Judging other people. We need to Repent. There are very few ways that Satan has a hold to us or gets access to us. But one of the key ways is when we judge other people. We look at the news. I can't believe them. How could they do that? I would never do that. Guess what? You just put yourself on the same plane with that person and opens your door to the same judgment. I have to live a life of constant. Look, there's a lot of junk in the world. There's a lot of bad people doing a lot of bad things. I'm going to be honest with you. There are people in this world today, and it's almost as if they're soulish. They're they're so cold and so calloused, and their minds are so seared from the life that they've been living. It's like, it's the kind of person that goes into a church with a gun and starts shooting people because the church wouldn't give them any money, which is what this man did. The man that did the church shooting had gone to the church several times. The church had helped him, given him food, tried to minister to him. He came. They wouldn't give him any money. He came back with a gun. Come on. We want to live that life. Now, I can't judge that man. It's not my job to judge that man. That man's in judgment right now for his actions. But what I can't do is set myself up as judge and jury and condemn that man for what he did. I just say there, but for the grace of God, go I. The guy on the side of the road, don't you dare think that you're better than that man or woman. Don't you dare. Don't you dare think that you're somehow superior to these people. They are born again. They're children of God. They're just away from their father. Amen. And when you see that person, you pray for that person. Repent. You'd be surprised. God might have you do something, give them something, take them something, start a conversation with them. Amen. But we want to live this life of repentance. These are three kind of long statements, so I'll I'll do my best. There is no birth into the kingdom without hearing the call to salvation, renouncing one's sins and turning from sin toward Jesus. Amen. Amen. There is no growth in the kingdom without obedience to Jesus' commandments and a childlike responsiveness as a disciple of Jesus. There is no lifelong increase of fruit as a citizen of the kingdom without a willingness to accept the Holy Spirit's correction and guidance. Amen? Amen. And it all starts with repentance. Repentance keeps me in a place where I can hear God's voice. Repentance keeps me in that place where I'm sensitive to the people around me. Repentance keeps me in that place of knowing just what my place is in the kingdom. Amen? So I want to constantly practice a life of repentance. Matthew chapter 7, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. It says, and when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he, John, said to them, brought of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Verse 8, he says, therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Amen. If you have not truly repented, baptism cannot save you from the penalty of sin. What was happening was, is that John was having these crazy baptisms, little Pentecostal church on the outside of town. And all these people were going to it because there was this Holy Ghost, loud dressed preacher, amen, in camel skin. And he was having these crazy Pentecostal services out by the river. And so people were going and they were getting baptized. The Pharisees and the Sadducees thought, hey, I think we'll go get on some of this too. John recognizes that they were coming thinking that the baptism in itself, which was what would save them from the penalty of their sins. And John was telling them, if you're not coming here with a heart of repentance, this baptism means absolutely nothing. Amen. We have to repent to God first and foremost. Before I get water baptized, I want to repent to God. Father, I repent of my sins. I don't just acknowledge them, Father. I recognize that they have to change out of my life. Now, when I do that, I'm now allowing the Holy Spirit to enter into the situation. And now the helper. See, one of the cool things about the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, yes, it, um, it sets us up for service, but it's a sanctifier. That sanctification through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's when people talk about my life was different. It was changed. I talked differently. I acted differently. My desires changed. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit in his nature is a sanctifier and it can help change our desires. Does anybody need help changing your desires? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Are there some fleshly desires that we have? How much good food have we just gone through in the past three weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas? I have some fleshly desires. There has been chocolate and pumpkin bread and cake and cookies and ham in my house for a month. And to be honest with you, when broccoli was presented to me, it did not look good. Even covered in cheese, it did not look good to me. My desires have to change. I'm so glad tomorrow's Monday and we get back onto a little bit of a schedule. Amen? Amen. But we have to learn to live a life of repentance and make sure, especially when I'm getting baptized, that I'm not just doing it thinking that the actual dunking in the water itself is what's going to sanctify us. It's not. Don't get the cart before the horse. Repent first, then be baptized. Verse 9, John said, And do not think or say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Basically, what John was saying is, don't think just because you were a descendant of Abraham that you're just automatically lumped in as someone that's going to be saved and righteous. How does that translate for us today? Just because you were raised in church and just because you go to church doesn't mean that you're saved. Amen. You can be here every time the doors are open. you can serve in any and every department. You might have been raised in church. this is all you. Might have, you might have joined the church, but nowhere in the Bible does that meet the requirement for biblical salvation. There has to have been a moment when you received Jesus Christ where you said out loud, "Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord." Be my savior and add this part to it and forgive me of my sins. Until you do that repenting of the sins part, you haven't fulfilled the verse. Amen. I have to repent of my sins. And just because mom and dad were saved, just because grandpa and grandma, just because you've got grandma's old Bible, Just because your great grandfather was a circuit preacher, all these wonderful things that we like to hold on to for religious reasons to hang our salvation on. When we get to heaven, there is nothing to hang your salvation on other than did you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for yourself? And you need to ask yourself that this morning. See, we can just be a really cool, fun group of people to hang out with. They're nice at that church. They're not trying to rob from me or steal from me. They check on me when I'm not feeling good. I feel good coming to this church. That's awesome. But you got to be saved. Amen. You got to be born again. Just coming because it's a nice place, a good place, a safe place doesn't fulfill the requirement. Amen. Amen. If there was no repentance, there's no salvation. Let me say that again. If there's no repentance... There's no salvation. Amen? We have to repent. We have to repent. And I'll finish it up with this. Hallelujah. Verse 13 of chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Amen? Jesus himself came to be baptized. Did Jesus do anything wrong? Did Jesus have to repent for anything? Then why was Jesus getting baptized? Amen. A couple of historical things were happening in 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 the high priest order. The old high priest baptized the new high priest. If you go back and study your Bible, John was the true high priest at that time. Amen. And John was passing on what John's ministry was ending. Jesus was starting. Amen. And he did it publicly. But I love that what Jesus says in Matthew four seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach and saying. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus also did not come preaching love and acceptance. He came preaching love and repentance. Amen. So we're about to receive communion. I'm going to invite our communion elders to come. We're going to to end the day. We're not going to have prayer at the end of service today. I believe that God wants to accomplish anything that you need through this communion service we're about to receive. And you're going to have an opportunity to stand if you're in need of physical healing, if you're in need of any type of prayer. I believe that God's going to do it through this meal. But here's the most important thing. This is very, very important. Don't you dare come up here and receive communion if you're not right with God. This is the meal to get you right with God. Amen. Don't run from God right now. If you truly feel that there is change that you need in your life, this is the meal that heals. This is the thing right now when you just receive this cracker and grape juice. No, no, no. We're receiving of his body. Amen. But what I want us to do is just take 20 or 30 seconds right now. Close your eyes. Search your heart. And if you need to ask God for repentance, if you need to repent then I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Amen. I'm just going to pray over you. I'm going to give you a little bit of instruction. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done in this service today. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you say, you give us, you tell us where we need change. You show us, Father, and you give us the grace to bring the change that we need. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over each person in this room. I thank you, Lord, for a spirit of repentance that's on each and every one of us. Father, I personally, Lord, I repent for my sins. I repent for wrong ways of thinking. I repent, Father, for thoughts, Lord, that, die, that try and exalt themselves above the name of the living God. I repent, Father, for putting anything above you in my life. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins in Jesus' name. Amen. Communion at West Houston Christian Center is open to anyone that's here. Once again, just like the criteria for baptism, it's important that you're safe first. Amen. It's important that your kids are saved first before you just come down and get a juice and cracker. Amen. So if you feel like you are in that place where you're ready to receive communion and that your children are, uh, I'm just gonna ask those that are on my left to stand. And if you would just file down here to Brother Fidel and receive the elements, return to your seat. And we will. if you will hold the elements and we will all receive them together. I'm gonna ask my center section if you would stand. My big brother Michael is down here. And you can receive from that. Over here on my right, your left, you're welcome to stand. Come down, receive the elements. And we'll receive them all together.